You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the immediate preseason edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will. I have on my Abreu shirt. He has on his blue socks hat. I have a 1948 socks hat, um, which I guess ages me a little bit in there. Uh, We're ready to go. Uh, We're recording this Wednesday at noon. Season opens Thursday, Sox season opens Friday in Detroit, where there is some chance of rain, but it doesn't look like enough to um, make the game not go. Lucas Giolito is supposed to be out there. You know, it's an interesting thing with that. If they if they go in anticipated order, you're going to have Giolito, Cease, who has pitched very, very little in spring training and didn't get the usual five days before appearance i hope that's meaningless maybe just i I just don't know why he wasn't there i i I thought that he would end up being uh, coming in after kopech on on tuesday so they each get around to it but no um kopech on sunday and that would mean for the home opener next tuesday where the weather's not horrible either uh low 50s some rain it would presumably be dallas keichel Oh, that's getting the home fans enthused early. <laughs> and then who's who's next in the rotation? Vince Velasquez. Uh, Velasquez or my preference would be Lopez. I pitched Lopez ahead of Velasquez, but from what I saw, way, on, what I saw on Twitter this morning, which I I'm not even sure who it was. It might have been Scott Merkin uh, had Velasquez as the fifth starter. Um, well, I well, don't Merkins, know. Merkins just writes what they tell him to. So yeah, so I, I, 
think that's what we're looking at. They had Giolito, Cease, Kopech, Keuchel, Velasquez. Um, so that could be a very rough uh, first home stand. The, the Sox, well, first let's say, you know, we're excited baseball's back. Uh, also want to point out that despite the geezer having a hat from 1948, I'm going to go ahead and let our listeners know that you did not get the hat in 1948. You were two years old in 1948, uh, but that hat, you're, you're not as old as you made it sound based on uh, the year of the <laughs> like, hat. Like I wore this to opening day uh, then. <laughs> but yes, baseball is back. Very exciting. Start with the Tigers on the road, three games. Uh, I think the White Sox schedule is tough to start the year, especially with some of the injuries we'll talk about in a little bit. But, uh, you know, starting on the road in Detroit is not a gimme. It's not a gimme. I mean, I think Detroit is going to win 86, 87 games. I I think they're going to be good. We will later get into it. I've got 538's numbers. Uh, They just came out this morning uh, with their predictions, which – Oddly enough, have the White Sox winning the division, as does everybody on the universe. Uh, although they're they're only say fifty six percent chance, despite having them nine games ahead of uh, or eight games ahead of the closest competition. Right. Yeah, I've got that up too. They've got fifty six percent chance to win the division, seventy three percent chance to make the playoffs. That feels low to me. Uh, they got them at seven percent chance to win the World Series. And they're Which is expect- nice. expecting a 91 and 71 record. Uh, and just a 73-89 for the Tigers, who you think would be quite a bit improved. They've done a lot. I don't see a world where the Tigers are only going to win 73 games uh, just because – you know, they've got Cleveland ahead of uh, the Tigers, actually, which I disagree with completely. They've got Cleveland at 78 games. Uh, and incidentally, the, the Cleveland just uh, extended Ramirez, so we get to face him for another 35 years. I know, I know. It, 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 they gave him a, a hundred over $100 million contract, which now gets us down to four teams that have never offered or signed anyone for over $100 million. And one of the four... We know that. (laughs) Yeah, we know that. We know that. Uh, But, uh, yeah, as I was saying, I think the White Sox have a pretty tough schedule to start things off. Uh, It is is not a comfortable start to the season. They're not going to get the Royals a ton right away or the Twins a ton. It's going to be a lot of of pretty challenging games early on. There's a a few easy ones, but – I think it's going to be really, really tough to sort of blast out of the gate uh, in a way that maybe we would have expected uh, based on how we played in the division last year. I think the division's actually uh, quite a bit better this year. Um, Not necessarily can knock us out of contention better, uh, but there definitely has been major improvements on pretty much every other team. Um, or at least holding on to some some really key players. Well, like Minnesota, in, a, in addition to some additions that they made, although they still need pitching rather desperately, um, I hadn't thought about it until the last few days. Byron Buxton is back. Yeah. And that's the heart and soul of that team. I you think got some Byron places Buxton. where he was predicted to be the MVP. And, yeah, you've got Byron Buxton, who if he stays healthy, is one of the best players in the game. And now you have Carlos Correa batting behind him. 
And that is nasty. That is not, that is not, and I realize you need more than two guys, but it is definitely a, a very different offensive team than they were last year. I would argue the Tigers very much improved and also just an incredible core of young guys. I mean, they, they, one of whom broke his foot last week, or it would be an even more incredible core. Yeah. Yeah. True. And then the Tigers also have a pretty interesting young rotation that uh, is going to be really tough. The Royals, not as much of a threat. I don't think I see the Royals losing a lot. However, uh, they did add Granky. They do, uh, you know, they Bobby they, Witt Jr. Have Bobby Witt Jr. coming up, which I think is going to be very interesting to see uh, how he does. Again, you can't win with two guys, but uh, I, I don't think they are going to be a, a, as much of a pushover as they were last year. Certainly, very easy team to beat last year. Cleveland, I think. Uh, you know, we are better than that lineup, no doubt, but you still have to face Shane Bieber. And, you know, they Carrasco and uh Carrasco. And they uh they do have some bats, especially by re-signing. There was that brief window yesterday where it looked like maybe Jose Ramirez was gonna go to the Padres. Uh and and that has since passed and he is with Cleveland. I would have loved to have seen him go to the Padres. <laughs> I was really hoping he was going to go to the Padres. Uh, but now you got to face a, a Cleveland team that's not entirely depleted. We certainly thought that, you know, they were going to clean house even more than they did. But I guess if you have Shane Bieber, you're always kind of in contention. Um, you know, for a game anyway. In it for, for, you know, once every five days for sure. Uh, but I, I'll be interested to see how this starts. So we have Giolito going to start off the season, which is what it really should have always been. There was a little talk yesterday that they were considering Cease. Uh, and then, of course, Lynn was probably the most likely opening day starter uh, other than Giolito. But that injury uh, is is hugely problematic. But before we talk about that, we'll talk about injuries and, and whatnot after the break, I think. Um, Let's go back and talk about these predictions. So we've got uh, 538's got the Dodgers sort of running away with everything. They're giving them a 19% chance to win the World Series, which is very high. Next highest is going to be the Braves. And then we get to the American League. The Yankees, Blue Jays, Astros, all predicted ahead of the White Sox. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm not shocked. A uh, lot, lot of places are predicting that all three wildcard teams will come out of the East. And even though they have to play each other so much that it brings brings their records down, um, this is this is a good season for the Sox to be. This is we, we talk about the window opportunity with regard to ages of players and whatnot. But this is the window before they go to the balanced schedule, which is not going to help the White Sox at all. So this is the yeah. last time to play seventy six games against the Triple A Central. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so if you're looking at the AL East, which is always stacked, but now it seems maybe the most stacked it's been in recent memory, with the Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, and Red Sox all coming in that uh, top top 10 teams mark, which is really insane if you think about it, to have four teams from one division predicted in the top 10. Poor, poor little Baltimore. 
I know Baltimore. Let's see. Did they? They're dead last. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Baltimore. You know, I think now seeing that the number one thing I want to happen this season is Baltimore winning the AL East. I think I will cheer for Baltimore harder than I've ever cheered for Baltimore before uh, to win the AL East. Uh, the White Sox, they have uh, sixth on this list. As we said before, 91 wins predicted with a run differential of plus 90. What do you think about that 91 win mark? I, given the early, where we're starting without Lynn, and yes, and, and we need to talk about the new guys. They got Johnny Cueto on a minor league contract, which I was surprised he was still around. I'm surprised since he took a minor league contract. I'm surprised somebody else didn't get him for a minor league contract. Because, yes, 19, uh, 2019-2020, horrible. Last year, not bad. I mean, they had a 407 ERA for the Giants. That's okay. It's kind of a crafty righty. Uh, can eat some innings. Uh, so... He's there and available. I don't know that it covers the Lynn situation well because it's going to be a month before he's ready or close to it. Uh, and then they have to you know, substitute him in for, for somebody. By then, Vince Velasquez should have played his way out of the majors, so take care of that. But um, how soon? How soon do you think we'll see Quito? Because he's he's not major league ready. Right? Right. He hasn't no, been doing I, I would say I would say May first be a good Yeah, so good essentially a, a full month. Um which gives us three or four Velasquez starts. Um yeah. well yeah, and you gotta that? figure Cueto probably at two weeks just warming up, kind of early spring training pitchers and catchers report kind of thing. Uh pitching probably to Sebi Savala uh in in uh, North Carolina. Uh, and then Probably a couple of weeks to have two or three starts in Charlotte. So I may, may first may be ambitious. It may be a, a week later than that. But yeah, we'll have some Velasquez starts and or Lopez starts, depending on how Velasquez does. And maybe both of them, because uh, Kopech doesn't look like a guy who's going to pitch very long in a game. No. Not yet. Uh, he has not had a good spring. And has not gone very long in any of the games he's been in. Really, the best spring has been Dylan Cease, but he's pitched very little, I think only seven innings. I think Uh, there's a a big concern, which you and I always have this concern. But I think a huge concern for me right now is can any of these guys go more than five innings? I don't think they're going to be expected to. Well... Last year, you would have thought that as well. And then they pitched the <laughs> hell out of these guys in April, and yeah. they were all out of gas in, in September. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see because, as you said, we've got Velasquez, we've got Lopez, we've got Cueto now, we've got Kopech. None of them, I think, can pitch an entire uh, – a, a healthy start. I don't think any of them are getting to, to eight innings or seven innings in a game. Are we going to see a lot more of three of this pitcher, three of this pitcher, three of this pitcher? Will we have more games? My old three by three rule. Yeah, which is not a bad idea with what we have right now, considering, you know, the position we find ourselves in. And we'll take a break here in a second and we'll come back and talk about that a little bit more. Uh, But I kind of see a world where we don't really have five starters 
for a while and we have sort of seven ish that share a lot of those last two games. Cause Keiko, we know is not going to eat innings, even though he was our eat innings guy, he's not going to eat any innings. He's going to, he's going to have a little appetizer of innings. I think most of the time and then give up four runs in the third and be out of the game. Um, Cease, I have no expectation of him getting past the fifth inning ever because he just throws so many freaking pitches. Uh, Giolito's the one guy Detroit, who, which is kind enough to swing at all of them, so he doesn't right, throw as yeah. many. Uh, Giolito, of course, we know can go the distance, but also throws a ton of pitches. I'm, I'm very, I don't want to say concerned about this, but... We are we are in a really bad spot uh, in terms of, of pitching to start this season. The, but they get a new guy to pitch to when when uh, Yaz isn't back there. Reese McNeil. Yeah. So tell me tell me how you feel McGuire. about that. This, this is your backup catcher moment right here. Yes. Uh, uh, interesting choice, but it worked out real well because Toronto just needed to get rid of him. They were loaded with catchers, and he had no options left. So White Sox were there to pick up the pieces. Good work, Rick Hahn, to be the one there because it could have been anybody picking up the pieces. And we got rid of Zach Collins. We no longer have to spend many, many games watching our catcher run back and pick up the ball at the backstop while runners trot around the bases. Um, But I can't can't believe that we are sitting here on April 6th and we don't have Craig Kimbrell and Zach Collins. Can't believe it. Can't oh, believe no, that, it. Yeah, that, that's that's the other huge move by, by Rick Hunt. But I, I, I think McGuire will be great. He's, he's a good framer. He's good at throwing people out. He's good at catching the ball. Not a big hitter, but our guys didn't hit either. I mean, the hitting is not the important thing for your backup catcher. It's catching the damn ball. Supposed to have a good reputation with pitchers. Not such a good reputation in uh, parking lots, but that's another matter. We just keep them out of parking lots for the course of the season. Um, but yeah, man, it should be much, much better situation. And Grandal can take more days off to DH or play first or whatever. Grandal uh, has, he's been, he's been very vocal this week. I don't know if you've been following, um, that he wants to be behind the plate as much as possible, uh, early on, which I actually think is a really great idea. And I think it's a good team, team mentality versus self mentality is that he's, he said, you know, it's just straight up hard to come from uh, another team and just be a pro catcher for the pitchers right away. This guy's not caught really any of these White Sox pitchers ever. And Grandal has said, I would like to be behind the plate every day until he feels acclimated to the team. Uh, I I think that's kind of a good idea. Let, let Grandal sort of get these first few series behind the plate. Let, uh, let, Reese, what's his butt? Get uh, acclimated to the team a little bit, and then start giving Grandall a lot more time off uh, as as the season goes. Uh, time off from catching, that is, and and have him DH. Um, but uh, it was nice to hear that Grandall is uh, excited. Um, we will talk about some other things he said uh, involving injuries uh, when we come back. We should take our break right here. But I just want to say congrats to the geezer on finally getting a backup catcher. <laughs> that that seems like a at least reasonable option. And we have a right fielder, too. I mean, it's amazing. I, I give Han credit for that, how he got out of that Kimbrel mess. 
I don't know. I can't remember what, what his first game with the Dodgers. He gave up five runs in the first inning. Oh, Kimbrell went, uh, you know, we've got all these people on Sox Twitter being like, I expect a resurgence from Kimbrell for the Dodgers. And I'm just like, why? Why? <laughs> like so many people, uh, you know, uh, good guy, but James Fox just saying, I'm glad Kimbrell's going to resurge with the Dodgers. I'm like, no, he's not. No, he's not. Why would he? And why do you care if he does? We don't care. He's not with us. We need Pollock to have a resurgence. He's on our team. Pollock doesn't need a resurgence. He was was quite excellent last year. He just needs to stay healthy. Um, But, yes, I think, you know, while we didn't get any of the huge marquee signings we were looking for in the offseason, I do think they strung together something kind of interesting uh, and did a miraculous job. Uh, unloading Kimbrel and then also getting rid of Collins for something that we need. I mean, we, we traded Collins for a better version of Collins. So that's a pretty great trade straight up. Um, but we should take our break here. We'll come back. We'll talk about Lynn. We'll talk about crochet a bit more. It was still kind of up in the air last time we talked and uh, it is no longer up in the air. So uh, we'll take a quick break here and we'll be right back on sharing socks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We've kind of talked about 538's outlook on the season, some of our outlook. We talked about uh, our new backup catcher, uh, which is very exciting. We have our new right fielder and A.J. Pollock, who I've always liked as a player, and if he can stay healthy. Uh, well, the, yeah, and the one the one thing I think with Pollock, the one, one negative, and I think there are just a lot of positives that outweigh the negative, is that people, runners on base, are just going to continue to run on the Sox like crazy. They they did it last year. Uh, Aloy's got no arm and left. They, they almost will go from second to third with Aloy standing on the infield dirt with the ball. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct you, though. Now that we have the pronunciation guide, it is Eloy. Well, Eloy is standing on the dirt. Uh, they'll go. And, and worse than that, he tends to do, you know, way up in the air. Pollock's reputation is, well, no arm. Good fielder, no arm. And Luis has a hell of an arm, but he has this tendency to see if he can knock a satellite out of the sky on the way into the infield. And he just needs to get to where he throws on a line, maybe occasionally hits a cutoff man. So they're going they're going to keep running on our outfield. It's, that that's no, a real no doubt. No doubt about that. Yeah. The only person to even really question running on is Robert. And it's like you said, it's 
it's a one in 10 chance that that thing's going to be on point. Um, but he's also, I think, you know, he, he's getting better every year. He's, he's just going to keep getting better. He's looks oh, he's like my MVP. He's my team. MVP. Looks like a tank. He looks like an absolute tank this year. I think he could be the American league MVP. Could um, be. He, he is just, he is one of those guys where I think people slept on him a little bit lately where you and I have not, we have been like, this guy is the thing for, for, and not that anyone has said Luis Roberts, not good, but I think we are now about to see the hype. I, I think we're about to see him absolutely dominate this season, which will be so fun to watch. We are dealing with a couple crucial injuries. Let's talk about those. The first being Lance Lynn, uh, which we've hinted at earlier, and I'm sure the listeners know that Lance Lynn is hurt. He's got this partially torn meniscus, uh, as we were talking about before the podcast, similar to what Lonzo Ball is dealing with on the Bulls. They have shut Lonzo down for the season. Uh, When do you think we see Lance well, you know, I also was listening, I happened to be, when I was going to get groceries, I was listening to the score, and uh, whoever was on for the score was saying he's followed these kinds of injuries many times, especially with basketball players, because they have to turn so much and then they their knees get wrecked up. Uh, and he says, you don't know. He says, many times they go in for surgery, and they think it's going to be simple, and it's not. And it could be that he gets back in late May, which is the hope right now, I believe, uh, which would be, what, six or seven weeks, probably, that he's out. But sometimes it's months. I mean, several months. And then you got to play back in and you know, go to Charlotte for a couple of weeks and whatnot. So they uh, just don't know. Don't know with Lynn, which is why Cueto could become a value. Because even if he can't pitch until second week of May or something, that could be a month ahead or six weeks ahead of when Lynn can be back. Hundred percent. Velasquez is just nuts. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, not that I expect Johnny Cueto to come in and, and absolutely destroy, but if he can throw with an ERA around four, that would be extremely yeah, helpful. And occasionally, he still shows flashes of brilliance. So. Uh, I'm excited about that signing just as, as something I have. I'm on the very pessimistic end about this injury for Lynn. I could be totally wrong, but just because of his size and his stature, that injury and the way that he puts pressure on that knee while pitching. Oh, I no, it's, it's the leg you push off on. So yeah, I mean, we, we've got to hope that in surgery that that is just the smallest, most minuscule tear in the history of meniscus tears because anything beyond that, and I think you'd lose Lance Lynn for most of this season. I mean, that is that is a really bad spot to, to have a tear as a, a Major League Baseball player, uh, especially a pitcher because you're – I mean, he's got a lot of body weight and he is putting all of it into that knee. I hope for the best, Lance. I know you listen to this podcast regularly. Feel better. Get better. Heal. We need you. We need you. We need you. But uh, I do not have high hopes for a quick return for Lance Lynn. Let's, let's, uh, let's go to the bullpen because we're talking about, man, most of the starters aren't going to go over. And that's true. That's not a Sox problem. That's a 
major leagues probably. Uh, and then maybe we particularly have some starters that won't go long. Sox solved the problem. They have added Tanner Banks uh, to the roster. Love him. Love his day. work. Love his He's work. Finally in the majors after nine years in the minor leagues. He's a lefty. He had a pretty good spring. Uh, 18th round draft the in 2014. Uh, so good for him. And Kyle Crick, who has been in the majors uh, on and off for a number of years. He's 30 years old. He had a hell of a spring. Six innings, one hit, two walks, wow. no runs. I hope he was facing major leaguers at the time. That's what we'll find out when he gets to play. But that, of course, uh, Banks particularly needed because Garrett Crochet is gone for the year and probably most of next year uh, as well. Yeah, the the Garrett Crochet loss, which, uh, you know, I think we all sort of saw coming uh, even as far back as that playoff series against Oakland in 2020 in the shortened season when he had to leave the game early because of what he was feeling here. You know, that's always a terrible sign. In and, his, his, and his motion is scary. If, if you're worried about his health, his motion is scary. Yeah, I know they tried. They tried to slow it down, calm it down. Um, Ethan Katz is really good at getting guys to work with their body. He did wonders with Rodon. Bye bye, Carlos. Uh, and that was helping. I mean, he was obviously more in con- in control of the ball, but of, of himself as he was pitching. But so much strain had been put on that elbow already that uh, it was a goner. Yeah, I I mean, I feel awful for Crochet. I think he has been mismanaged and thrown into big situations in which adrenaline would cause you to overthrow. Um, I, I I think he's been mismanaged pretty poorly. Uh, pretty mismanaging poorly. at the White Sox? Have yeah, you, have you heard of it? Right team? Yeah, I, I know that it doesn't make sense given they have a Hall of Fame baseball person coach. but Which is why, uh, incidentally, I'm predicting 88 wins instead of 91 because I think the Huffbub will uh, lose three. Oh, I just hope lose. he doesn't lose. Oh, he'll well. lose three. <laughs> I hope, That's I just hope, very kind. <laughs> I just hope he doesn't lose the playoffs by uh, exhausting the, the starting pitchers. That That's the big worry. Well, and of course, it's a good sign since one of them's already out and the reliever, our potentially best reliever is, is you know, speaking about uh, Grandall being very vocal this week, he also said uh, something that I thought was extremely complimentary of Crochet. He said, you know, guys don't talk about a lot of pitchers and being impressed by a lot of pitchers. It's just not a lot of talk around the league about that kind of thing. And he said, Derek Crochet is a guy people are t- people talk about. Because they have think, you seen? Because I I have not. Speaking of best reliever, have you seen that? Because Hendricks had a eh, spring, but with pitchers, especially relievers, only in an inning or so, it doesn't necessarily mean anything at all. But it could. And have you seen anything where, where some it, somebody's saying, "Oh yeah, he's just he's just been working on a forkball," or you know, I haven't. I feel like I heard him talk about it. Uh, in like a very early interview in spring training that they were looking at adding another pitch, um, which I don't think will really work or happen, but uh, that might be what that's about. All, other than that, though, I, I'm not very concerned about Henry. I'm not, I'm not really either, but I'd be curious as to what the reason for it has been. And, and I, I'm, well, he, might be working, he might just be working on placement. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've had a hard time lowing inside. I got to work on lowing inside. Because I walked a lot of people, walked as many people this spring as last year. <laughs> yeah, which is definitely, uh, definitely a sign for a guy who essentially throws two pitches. So it definitely makes it sound like there's new things in the works. Um, because he wouldn't have just lost control of those two pitches that dramatically that he's walking all those guys. He's clearly working on something. I don't know what it is. Uh, I hope whatever it is ends up working, because uh, if he had a third pitch, that is great. I think batters are in deep, deep doo-doo. Uh, <laughs> it's, they're in deep doo-doo with two. If, yeah, they're, it's bad enough with two, but if he gets a third one, I just I don't even know what people are going to uh, do. Aaron, unhittable. Uh, yeah. Spring. Bummer. Excellent. Yeah, I think he had one bad outing, uh, but basically just fine. Uh, Kelly, we don't know when he's going to pitch. Yeah, I I have no clue on Kelly. I, you know, I think we're in a really good spot for the last three innings of games that we have Graveman, Bummer, and Hendricks, um, which kind of brings us back full circle to what we talked about earlier on the podcast, which is can any pitcher get past the fifth? And that's where I think we run into big problems. If our starters cannot get us most of the time to those three guys, I think we're in a lot of trouble because the middle relief options, um, which are some of some of the starters we talked about, are honestly middle relief options at this point still. Uh, I, I'm not seeing – I'm seeing a lot of games that could be blown open in the fifth if the starter's out and we can't get to Graveman Bummer and Hendricks yet. Not that those guys will always have to pitch that late, but you ideally will save those guys for later in the game so they can sort of shut it down after you have a lead. And in close games. And in, and in close games, which, you know, hopefully our offense, which does, you know, on paper at least look like it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, hopefully we don't have a lot of close games early on, but it's baseball, you're going to have close games. Yeah, I'm very, very concerned about sort of this, these guys who can eat up those middle innings when our starters are out after throwing 250 pitches through the first four. Uh, And and Crochet was a huge part of that. Uh, Kelly, also a huge part of that. Crochet, obviously gone for good this year. And Kelly, we we don't really know. I haven't really heard anything when when they expect him back. It was just he won't be ready for opening day. That doesn't tell you much. Yeah. We want them because they, as we, I mentioned, they haven't put out the 10 or 60 day uh, list yet. So we don't know if Kelly's even going to be on the IL or what his situation is. Yeah. An I'm, excellent I'm pitcher. Get me sure. Yeah. And I mean, as a very streaky pitcher and he really needs to be at full health to, to bring his best game. You know, we've seen him whenever he is not at a hundred percent, he is not great. Um, so whatever it is that's plaguing him, I hope it, I hope he can bounce back from it very quickly and be at a hundred percent ready to go because I would love for him to be pitching in the first series against the twins. Uh, so we can have him start a brawl with Carlos Correa. That I think is, I mean, that's gotta be the reason you sign him is you you see the twins are going to get Correa and you're like, oh well, then we gotta get Kelly because we gotta get some, <laughs> we gotta get some fist fights going. You know, they want that younger audience to be tuning into baseball. Well, fist fights between Correa and Joe Kelly is what's gonna get it done. Um, 
We are uh, sort of running out of time here. Did you have anything else you wanted to yeah, touch on? You haven't on? made your prediction yet. Oh, my prediction on on how many how many wins the Sox will have? Yeah. Uh, I am going to go a little higher than 538's prediction. I am going to say 95 wins. That's more than just about anybody's prediction. I think the highest one I saw anywhere was 93. I know. I know. I'm a, I'm a very bold person. Uh, I, I give nothing but delicious hot takes, and this is my hot take today. I think the White Sox win 95 games, and I think that is solely powered by an insane offensive output. We will, I'm sure, at some point have a nasty streak of not being able to hit anything like we did last year, but I, if we can stay healthy, which Lord knows we are going to see maybe all nine starters go down with hamstring injuries at some point because it seems like nobody watches anyone's strength and conditioning at, at, for the White Sox anymore. Uh, it seems like they're just told, like, come show up and be healthy. Uh, we theoretically have a new guy who's supposed to be solving that. Well, let's hope so. Uh I'm going to predict the White Sox at 95 wins, uh, and I feel confident in that prediction. I actually think it could be a couple higher, but I'm going to set at 95 uh, so that I can be pleasantly surprised when they win 97. Um, You know, should we go ahead and make like a very bold, you know, right before the first day World Series prediction? Who's going to play in it? Who's going to win? I think let's just do it real quick. Who do you got? World Series prediction before the first game of the year. What do you think it's going to be? I have the White Sox to the ALCS, I think. I think they they finally win a series. Okay. Uh, And they may have two series, right? Because if they're third best winning team, then they've got a round before they get to the divisional series. Uh, But I, I think they get to the championship series I'm not going to predict any higher than that because you do that, then there's no way to go in happiness. So true, we'll, true. we'll just, we'll just, we'll just end there. Okay. And then who do you think will play in the world series then? Dodgers. Um, I know that's the cheap pick, but Dodgers, uh, even though they will not have a closer, which will be interesting. Uh, they think they do, <laughs> but they don't. They sure don't. And, the Blue Jays. I just think the Blue Jays are just going to be really, really good. All right. So you got Dodgers and Blue Jays. That's a pretty, I think, uh, popular selection this year, which is which makes sense. The Blue Jays are going to be – talk about offenses that can destroy you. I am going to have a very different take than you. I also, Pirates and Orioles? I also think – no, not quite. I also think the White Sox – Likely don't make it. I hope they do. And if they can stay healthy, I think they can. So I'm not predicting that the White Sox won't be in the World Series. I'm just saying, as of right now, I think ALCS. I am going to have the Mariners coming out of the American League. We're going we're gonna to find out real early just what they've got. Yeah. Um, we won't face the top of their rotation because it'll be the same situation where their number four and five guys are here for the for the opening series. But I'm covering Thursday's game, a week from Thursday, uh, and that should be Giolito and the top of the Mariners. So, 
Uh, and my my NL pick is is not too interesting either. I'm going to take the Braves again. I think uh, they lost Freddie Freeman, which is a huge loss, but they're going to get Ronald Acuna Jr. back. And I, I saw someone's bold prediction, which is that uh, Acuna will lead the majors in home runs and stolen bases, and I think that that will happen. I think uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be, if he's healthy, the NL MVP. Uh, So I've got Braves, Mariners as my World Series prediction. April 6th, 2022. Mark it down. Remember this to all the Sox players who are listening to this podcast to get pumped for opening day. We do believe in you. Uh, we we do think you can win the World Series, and I can assure you, if you make it, we will be there. We will be there, cheering you on. Uh, but that's we've all tried to be there before; it didn't work. We've tried, but this time we'll make it. Get an infinite number of people and an infinite number of uh, computers, and we still never got still it. Still didn't get it, but this time we'll find a way. Uh, so that's all the time we have. Everyone, enjoy opening day of major league baseball a day that a month ago we did not even know was going to happen uh i'm so excited i can't believe it uh you know this is it's great it's great march madness just ended great championship for march madness uh congrats to the jayhawks or whatever uh but (laughs) uh really great sports bringing us into really exciting opening day for for baseball and i could not be more pumped to get back to the ballpark, eating hot dogs, crushing for me gluten-free brewskis. I know. Um, but, yeah, any final words, Geezer? Play ball. Play ball. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Sharing Socks.